Well, I want you to take your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, if you found your place in your King James Bible, would you stand for the reverence of God's Word? We'll read a few verses, we'll pray, and then allow you to be seated for the preaching of God's Word. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter number 6 and verse number 16. The Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Boy, that's strong words, isn't it? The Lord hates some things. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. We'll go on to finish the list. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. We're so thankful that we're in the house of God this morning. God, we thank you that, that we have a hope of heaven. We've sang a lot about heaven today. God, we're thankful we have the hope of heaven only because of your shed blood at Calvary and how that you willingly gave your life for our sin. God, you gave your life so that we might have life. You gave it to us so we might have life more abundantly. That we might have eternal life. Father, we come to you now as humble as we know how. We ask you, Lord, to please help us to bring this message with clarity. I pray, God, that we bring this message with a, a touch of the Holy Spirit of God, that we would anoint us and, God, help us preach the truth of this message. Lord God, that we as a church would rise up and, and do our part to promote life in this generation. And then, Lord God, if there be one under the sound of our voice that is lost and undone, oh, God, you can take a message like this. God, you can prick the heart of a sinner. You can draw them to yourself. I pray that they would be the day of salvation for them. Father, I pray, God, for those that are here, I pray for those that were not able to be here for other for reasons, or there may be some that are tuned in now by the live stream. I pray, God, you'd speak to hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 gives a strong statement in verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Now, when we think about God, when we think about the Lord Many times we do not think, uh, we, don't, we don't associate the Lord with hatred. We'd say God is a God of love. I would say what goes farther than that, he's not just a God of love, he is love. He is love, and that's no, no doubt about that. But to love truth, you've got to hate evil, right? You, you love your children. If you love your children, there, you love your children, there is a rabid, crazed animal in your yard. That crazed animal was coming to attack your children. If you love your children, you're going to have to hate that animal. Hate that animal enough to be able to rid it or do whatever you've got to do to protect your family. And there's some things God lists in this verse that he hates. And I, I'm not going to deal with any, but anything else but one of them. And one of them is found in verse number 17. And his hands that shed innocent Blood. Let me give you some statistics real quick and then we'll get into the Word of God further. This research is, this is up-to-date research. This is just this week fresh off the press research, all right? Pew Research Center said this. 
in a center survey conducted after the Supreme Court's June 2022 decision to end the constitutional right to abortion. So that's the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Watch this. After that, 62% of U.S. adults said the practice should be legal in all or most cases. 62%. 36% said it should be, it should be illegal in all or most cases. This is not a split thing in our country. The majority of our country, the majority of adults in our country say they believe that the practice of abortion, murdering children in the womb, should be legal in many or all cases. And a, a one-third of our population, only one-third of our population says that it ought to be illegal in our country. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, now these, the CDC only gets reports from certain places. They don't get all states. It's amazing. It's, it's kind of interesting that they do not get the reports from New York or from California. And I would say their numbers would be a whole lot more if they did, knowing what kind of states those are. But it said this, among 47 reporting areas with data each year from 2012 to 2021, in 2021, so I know we've already finished 23, but that data they have to, it takes a while to conduct this and get all this out. But in 2021, a total of 622,108 abortions were reported. The abortion rate in 2021 was 11.6 abortions per 1,000 women between the ages of 15 and 44 years old. The abortion ratio was 204 abortions per 1,000 live births in America. For every 1,000 live birth, for every 1,000 live births we had in America in 2021, there was 204 aborted babies. The total increase from 2021 to 20, from 2020 to 2021 was an increase of 5%. The, increase, the rate increase also increased 5%, and the abortion ratio increased 4% from 2020 to 2021. Now, CDC, again, does not find all, they do not go and, and they, they only get the reported data from 47 different places, and that is uh, 46 states and then the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. They, again, exclude states like New York and California. The Guttmacher Institute, they review all 50 states, and they don't just wait to be reported to, they go after the information. They go seeking to try to find a true number of how many abortions are uh, committed in our country. Now, I want to say this, just because they go after and their number is a lot bigger, this institute is still pro-abortion. They are still, they are okay, not only okay, they believe it should be legal and it should be available for everyone. So just because they give us a better insight, that's, I'm not putting a recommendation on this or the CDC. But Guttmacher Institute said this, for the first 10 months of 2023, there are estimated 878,000 abortions in the U.S. healthcare system in the first 10 months of 2023. 
94% as many abortions were provided in 2020. Here's what they're saying. In 2020, the entire year of 2020, in 10 months of 2023, we had almost had that many abortions. 94%. Approximately 88,000 abortions per month in the, in the first 10 months of 2023. If you project from that, if 88,000 per month were performed or provided in, in the first 10 months of 23, if that same pattern continues in November and December, 2023 would have, and they're still calculating all this, would have approximately 1,056,000 abortions in America. And that is just the abortions performed in a formal Healthcare system. That does not include things that would happen outside a formal, formal healthcare system. The World Health Organization, we heard a lot about that. I never heard of it until 2020, but we heard a lot about the WHO, WHO, says this around 73 million abortions take place worldwide each year. 73 million abortions over the whole world every year. He said this, six out of ten of all unattended pregnancies end in abortion. Sixty percent of all unintended pregnancies end in abortion. Watch this, three out of ten of all pregnancies. Thirty percent, thirty percent of all pregnancies whether intended or not, end in abortion. Since the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, it's been estimated, and you're, the numbers you'll see, if you've got to look this up, I had to dig for this because the numbers we are seeing are old numbers. I found numbers from 2015, 2017. I had to dig to find because it's, a lot of things have happened since 2017. Where over 65 million babies have been aborted in America in 50 years since Roe versus Wade. To put that in perspective, to put that in perspective, all of the American soldiers that have been killed in war, I mean from Revolutionary War up until the current situation we've got going on with terror and all that kind of stuff, the all Americans killed in war only totals up to 1,354,664. To put that in perspective, the amount of babies that have been murdered in the womb for 50 years in America is 47 times greater than the number of soldiers who have died in, a, in battle in America. Over, I'm talking about not just in 50 years, I'm talking about since 1776. One, one person put it like this, if we were to build a memorial in Washington, D.C., like the, the Vietnam War Memorial, you know, the wall there in, Vietnam, in, in Washington, D.C., if we were to build a wall similar to that to uh, honor all the pre-born babies that were killed in America through abortion over the last 50 years, that wall would be 50 miles long. 
Now, here's what I said just a moment ago before I read my text. The reason that I'm burdened over this is because not only this, is, this has been a thing for 50 years and, and, and should we have been saying something about it before, and I think people have and Christians have, but I say this, I believe there's, a, there's an apathy in the church in 2024. The apathy has come in the state of Georgia because our governor, Brian Kemp, and we've honored him for that, and we were part of a group that honored him for this when he signed the heartbeat bill before Roe versus Wade got overturned, the heartbeat bill and, and cutting it down to the six-week mark. And, and I know we want a total abolition, but we're thankful we got to that far, and we're working towards getting further than that with our, our, in the state of Georgia. But then, then that caused us to be apathetic. And then in last year, when, 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 uh, in June of 2022, when Roe versus his way were overturned all of a sudden people have this idea that now abortion's illegal and so it's not a thing anymore but that's not true that's not true at all matter of fact we're going to dig later on tonight this morning if I can get there is 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 talk to you about what was really happening in state level here as in Georgia as well as outside that even with Roe versus way being overturned Babies are still being killed. Notice the numbers I gave you from the Guttmacher Institute was that even after Roe versus Wade is overturned, we've had over a million babies killed in 2023. And that's with Roe versus Wade overturned. Let's look at, first of all, some things about the Bible. From out of the Bible. Somebody said, well, a man can't tell a woman what to do with her own body. All right, that's fair. A man might not be able to, but God can. God created the body. And God created the body as in the image of himself. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I've got a lot of verses today, and if you flip there, I may not give you time to turn to all of them. So if you want to write them down, however you want to do it. But tonight, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You know, I think about as lovely and as beautiful and as colorful and as full of variety as plant life is and animal life is and all that. None of that has a divine stamp like humanity does. See, only humanity has a, has, was created in the divine image. He didn't say that about the, the walruses or, or the zebras or the furry frog down at the swamp that everybody's raising money to sell, I mean, to save. Uh, he didn't say that he stamped uh, uh, the little doggies that you see in the little uh, commercials about the, the, the shelters and humane societies with little cats and dogs. He didn't stamp them with divinity. Oh, but humankind, uh, when he formed us, uh, he he formed us in his own image. He created us in the divine image. Only humans are cap capable of divine fellowship. See, only humans have the ability to love, to know, and to obey God. And only humans have a divine purpose. Our divine purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. See, only humans have that stamp of divinity on us. We are separate from plant kind and we are separate from animal kind. I'm telling you, I don't care what a science book tells you. I don't care what Bill Nye, the atheist science guy says. You are not an animal. You did not come from the animal kingdom. You didn't come from a monkey or an amoeba or some kind of pygmy somewhere. You 
you are a human designed in the image of God. Amen. Amen. We're not animal kind. Somebody said, we're mammals. No, we're not. That's stupid. Just read your Bible. The Bible says we're made after a whole different kind. And that kind is in the image of Almighty God. We're different. And listen, if we are, if we are in the image of God, it is no wonder. While in Exodus chapter number 20, when he's given those 10 great commandments, he's got all the laws built in, all kinds of laws built in to the, 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 Judaic, uh, the Jewish religion and the Old Testament. But there's one that sticks out in Exodus chapter 20 and says this, Thou shalt not kill. I said it this morning, I'm starting this school class. Every human group that's ever been in the planet, that's one of their laws. They may have all kinds of other rules. They may have all kinds of other laws that seem crazy to us. But I'm telling you, the ones that are running around today in the jungle somewhere uh, with a bone through their nose and a loincloth on, uh, they may not have any other kind of rule. But they've got a law. You ain't supposed to kill people. They would punish murder. God established this. He established it not only in the pages of Scripture, but he established it even in the conscience of mankind. Why? Because we created the image of God. Because there is something distinctly precious and unique about human life. It is in God's estimation human life is so precious so and so unique that he says we're going to protect human life. We are going to preserve human life. Why? Because it's the only thing on this planet that, that represents the image of God. And so in God's view... Life is precious. In God's view, life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar. The life of the flesh is in the blood. You know why that baby in the womb has a bit heart, a beating heart? You know why that baby in the womb, that heart starts beeping? What's the heart do? It pumps blood. Through the body, amen. And you say, well, the heart doesn't start beating till six weeks. That might be when your little sonogram may find it. That might be when your little ultrasound may find it. But my friend, blood starts running through that body at conception. As soon as that baby is conceived in the womb, there's blood running through that little body. It may look like a blop on the ultrasound. It may look like a blop on the sonogram. But my friend, it's got blood flowing through it. And so according to the Bible, there's, the life is in the blood, so that little baby is life. Somebody would argue and say, well, I believe life begins when you breathe. All right, well, they'll say, and they'll make an argument, they'll say, well, because God breathed in Adam's body, in his nostril, the breath of life, and that's when Adam became a living soul, so that baby doesn't become a living soul until it begins to breathe. All right, fair enough. Now, people, that, the proponents that would use that would say that they don't breathe until they get out of the womb. But that's not true. That little baby has oxygen. Not only blood running through its body, but it's got oxygen running through its body. <laughs> uh, through that umbilical cord, that umbilical tube between the mother and that little baby, it receives oxygen necessary uh, for life. Matter of fact, that's why when that little baby may be born early and premature, as long as it's past a certain part, you can take it off the umbilical cord and it can breathe on its own. Hey, listen, it's got oxygen running through its body at conception. It's 
It's got blood and it's got breath. Therefore, it is alive. So that life is a life at conception. God views life before and in the womb, before birth and in the womb. Psalm 139. If you want to flip there, I'd like you to show that you're, if you're in Proverbs, you're not far from it. 139 would be good verses to, to look at. It says this in Psalm 139 verse 14. The psalmist says, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret. It's talking about conception. Nobody even knew it yet. Mama hadn't even had any feeling that she might be expecting yet. You ladies, you ladies. You ladies might have gone back in a calendar and found out maybe when that baby was conceived, but you didn't find out that moment. Maybe weeks, maybe for some of it might have been months down the road when you finally realized, oh, something is not normal. And, and so you found out later. But guess what? God knew about it. When they was made in secret, look what it says. And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. Y'all know it. You've seen them sonograms, them, them uh, ultrasounds and stuff like that. And uh, you see it does look like a blob. But you know what? In the eyes of God, it's not uh, a blob. Look what it says. And in my book, all my members were written, which in continuance are fashioned when as yet there was none of them. It looked like it was just a blob, but God had a plan for the little hands uh, and the little feet uh, and the arms and the legs. Uh, oh, it may look weird on the ultrasound uh, uh, to us, but God's got it written down in his book that while that baby is in the womb, uh, it's going to have a, a body uh, and God's got it. Play. God saw that little baby in the womb and said, that's life. That's life. And look what it says in verse number 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. This tells us that God uh, sees that little baby forming in the womb uh, within that woman uh, and he tells us that it's wonderful and it's fearful. Uh, it tells us that that baby, that pre-born baby is a child, is alive and is a child and that little pre-born baby is the object of the father's love uh, and affection. Uh, and how wonderful are God's thoughts uh, uh, toward the pre-born babies. Uh, how wonderful are God's thoughts towards us before we ever came out of the womb. And listen, the God loves those little babies in the womb. Isaiah chapter 44, Isaiah 44 and 24 says this, Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things. Listen, the God that makes all things formed you in the womb. And every baby that's ever been conceived is formed in the womb by God. That's Isaiah 44, 24. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Here, Jeremiah God tells Jeremiah to write down this, that he was seen before he was in the womb, before, uh, while he was, uh, he was seen while he was being formed in the womb. God says this, Jeremiah wasn't, I mean, Jeremiah's mama wasn't carrying a fetus. She wasn't carrying an embryo. She was carrying a prophet. 
And so if Jeremiah's mama would have aborted that baby, a prophet of God would have been murdered in the womb. So the Bible says, hey, let me tell you something, that Jesus was being, was being carried in the womb of Mary. That was, Jesus. that was a savior in her womb. John the Baptist was being carried in the womb of Elizabeth. That was the forerunner of Christ in that womb. By today's standard, by today's standard, Mary would have had all justification to abort that baby in her womb. Galatians 1 and 15, Paul said this, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Paul says, When I was in the womb of my mama, God formed me to be the preacher that I am. Hey, listen, God sees in that womb, and he knows what's in that womb. He wrote it down in his book according to Psalm 139. He's drawn out a picture of you in his book. Amen. He's formed you in that womb. He loves you in that womb. He he has affection towards that baby in that womb. Job 31.15, did not he that made me in the womb make him? Did not one fashion us in the womb? God made us. Now, God not only reached down and originated the unborn life, calls that life to begin. But he fashions that life of that unborn baby. In the hands of God are life, and he's developing that life into a unique person. So God says, uh, we see what God, God's view on life. God made us. But then God puts out penalties for shedding innocent blood. Our text today says that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Would you agree with me that our land is a defiled land? Our country is defiled. Would you agree that it's polluted with sin? All, everywhere you look. What is that? Well, when we got a million babies a year being killed, God's not overlooking that. And the judgment of God found, if you're still in Psalms 139, you could flip to Psalm 106 and find, God says... There's judgment for those that shed innocent blood. In Psalm 106, verse 37, the psalmist said this, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was was polluted with blood. Thus, were they defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Verse 39 could be an epitaph for America. Thus they were defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Went a-whoring after other gods. We are living in a defiled nation We are living in a defiled society. We're living in a polluted world. And it's the judgment of God on people who shed innocent blood. One million babies were killed last year. Murdered. Not only is it polluted and defiled, but it brings desolation to a nation. Joel 3 and verse 19 said this, Egypt shall be in desolation and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. 
So because they had shed innocent blood in their land, it was going to be a desolation. It was going to be a desolate wilderness. We're headed there. Listen, God is not going to sit by and watch a nation murder a million babies or more every year and the judgment hand of God not come to it. Vote you in another president all we want to. and we all, I want another one, all right? But listen to me. The judgment hand of God is on this nation. I'll tell you what, it brings a curse on those who commit the murder. Deuteronomy 27 and 25 says this, Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. You say, well, I don't know. It says that they've sacrificed their children in Psalm, and then and here in Deuteronomy it says uh, they're taking reward. You know why? You know why abortions happen? I'll get here later. But it happens because of, because of convenience. It's inconvenient to have a child. And everybody in this room has got them. Can say amen to that. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being ugly, but it inconveniences your life. It ain't all about you anymore. You can't just think about yourself anymore. That's why so many people abandon their children. Because they only think about themselves. And that's why people abort their children. All they think about is themselves. You can't do that when you have children. And so the reward is their careers or their money or fame or whatever else. That would inconvenience them. Now, some, some would say this. Some would argue this. Well, we ought to look at the, the reason for the conception. You know, if, if the conception was, was formed for, from rape or incest, we ought to uh, look at that and then we should allow abortion. All right, let's just follow that mindset. So instead of killing the rapist, let's kill the baby. Instead of killing the one who commits the incest, kill the baby? That don't make sense. Why is the baby supposed to die because some, some creep done something wrong? Why is the baby supposed to die because a man's sin or a woman's sin? Hey, why is the baby got to die? Doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense that the child should die because of the crime of his father. And it doesn't make sense, but it don't make scripture. Ezekiel 18.20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's a whole other message for another day. I'm for corporal capital punishment for the rapist. I'm for capital punishment for the incestuous. I am not for capital punishment for these babies. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. Would y'all, would y'all agree that a four-year-old child outside the womb should be protected? Would y'all agree with that? Then why not a four-week in the womb child be protected? If I was to take a four-week child, even if they were born because of a premarital relationship or raised or incest, and I took a four-year-old child that's outside the womb and said, well, because the way you come in this world, we all, we're just going to kill you. How would that fly over? Wouldn't, would it? If we were to take all the children that was born because of sin, all born because of some sinful relationship or some sinful action, all the children that were born in this country and lined them on a firing wall and put the firing squad to it, people would come unglued about that. 
But they say, well, we ought to look at the reason for conception if we can kill these babies in the womb. Listen, the four-year-old child is a child and the four-week-in-the-womb is a child. Somebody else, the argument is this. Well, what about saving the mother's life? I say, well, the mother's life should be saved. But that does not justify attacking and killing the innocent baby in the womb. Now, you get to a situation like that, the treatment, the treatment that's done to save the mother's life may or may not harm that baby. That's the decision that woman would have to make, whether to have that children or not. But it's still, and that would be tragic, but it is never right to shed the innocent blood of that baby. You hear me? What I'm saying is that mother may have to choose, will I take this treatment and it will heal me, but it might hurt my baby? Or if I don't take this treatment, we both may die, things like that. But it still does not give a right for a mother to let a doctor or herself to attack that baby on purpose to willful, listen, living life sometimes can harm the baby, right? That, that stuff, that, and that's tragic. It is. When babies are lost in the womb by, by circumstances, like that, that's awful. But we're talking about abortion is the outright murder, is the attacking of that baby. We're going in, going to kill that baby so we can save your life. That's where it's wrong. That's where it's sinful. That's where you're shedding innocent blood. Somebody say, all right. I'm talking about the arguments that are brought up. Same old arguments are always brought up. What about if there's a high chance or maybe certainty of deformity? What if that baby's going to be born with some deformity? Well, the question I would ask is, well, let's take all the deformed people in the world. Is it okay to kill them? Is it okay to kill all the deformed little babies that are born? Are there deformed adults that you know? Is it okay to uh, kill them? And then my second question is, who gets to decide how deformed is deformed enough to die? Had something like that happened in the history of this world before. His name was Adolf Hitler who decided that. So how deformed is deformed? How, how bad does it have to be for it's okay to kill that person because they're deformed? And how many times has that been wrong? How many times has a mother been told that she was going to have a deformed baby in some fashion and it never happened? Listen, if, they're, if, it's, so, if it's wrong, if it's sinful to kill the, the deformed outside of the womb, it is sinful to kill the deformed inside the womb because we've already established God says the life starts with the blood. And that baby is a life. Again, are we going to start just eliminating the unwanted because of deformity? Listen, there's a price to pay for the sin of murdering children. Here's the thing. We belong to God, including our bodies. So you didn't create yourself and you didn't purchase yourself. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 tells us that know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, means he gave it to you, and, he, and you are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I can do what I want to with my body. It ain't your body. You don't own yourself. It's God's body, and God said what you're supposed to do with it. 
See, God made us. The Bible says in Isaiah 45, 9, Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth, What makest thou? The clay rise up and say, What are you doing? No, the clay is silent in the hand of the maker and we are but clay in the hands of our maker. Our bodies are his. So real quick, why is abortion wrong? Number one, it takes innocent life. That baby has not committed any sin. Going back to John 9, the disciple says, that blind man who sinned, him or his mother and father, to cause him to be blind. He couldn't have sinned. He hadn't sinned. He hadn't been, he's not come out of the womb yet. There's no sin in the womb. It takes innocent life. It transgresses the golden rule. What's the golden rule? Y'all know the golden rule. We, we paraphrase it and say, treat others as you don't be treated. Jesus said like this, Therefore all things whatsoever you would, would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. So what mother would want her child to come into her room and to dismember her body. What mother would want a child to come in and spray her down with acid to make her disintegrate? What doctor would want to be locked in a cell of no escape and have a corrosive liquid poured all over him and taking uh, pieces of, of, of equipment and mis dismembering his body? What judge would want a machine to enter into his home and to rip him apart. It breaks the golden rule. I say this, it's against God-given natural instinct. Romans 1.31 says, without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection. That word natural affection has in the background of it with a family love. Without family love. There's just something God puts in a mama and a daddy to love their children. God's put some instinct in there. And I'll tell you what happens. As we turn away from God, as we turn towards the world, and we turn toward the things of the world, that, that natural instinct gets suppressed. And I'll tell you this, it's based on selfishness. Some of them will try to bring the facts that I talked to you about with rape and incest and all this other stuff. But those, and those, 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 that, even those statistics are twisted. Less than 1% of abortions happen because of those things. 99% or greater of abortions that happen in America happen because of social reasons. It's going, to, it's going to make it hard on me for living. It's going to cost me more money. I'm not going to be able to go get my career. I'm not going to be able to go to college. I'm not going to be able to do the things I wanted to do. 90% of women seeking abortions are motivated by difficulties in pregnancy that cause their careers, education, finance, or family. It is the way of birth control in our nation. Why? Because it allows sexual promiscuity and fornication to abide in our country and to abound in our country with no, with no effects and affecting the lifestyle. It's based on greed. Let me give you these numbers real quick. In 2022, 
Planned Parenthood, over 2.7 billion in assets. Planned Parenthood is the number one baby killer in America. $7.6 million came from taxpayer funds. $6.7 million of their money of 2022 came from taxpayers. $1.9 billion in total revenue. Based off the total reported revenue and expenses in 2022, I looked this up, and it's all public knowledge on their, on their stuff, on their website. Based off total reported revenue and expenses, their excess revenue of 2022 was $200 million. They banked $200 million from killing babies. So what are we going to do? Well, Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12 says, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his word? He said this, We are not, we are not to forbear those that are being killed. We are not to forsake those that are Here's the thing. We can't just be against abortion in our hearts. That's what it means. we got to stand. You can't be neutral in this thing. Somebody says, well, I, don't, I, I would never have one. I'd never, I'm against it. I mean, that's... Listen, you say, well, it's not my problem. Well, in our country, your taxpayer dollars is going to it. What do you need? Number one, you need to be informed. You cannot afford to be ignorant about this matter of killing babies. One thing's happening now, since Roe versus Wade has been overturned in many states. We've got many states placing stronger bans and limits on abortion, but listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I don't care what you heard on Fox News or Newsmax either. There is not one state in the union, not one, where it's absolutely illegal. Here's why. Are y'all ready for this? I, this? I don't know if it's preach or not, but this is right. Your pro-life advocate groups in the government, there's one people they're trying to protect, and that's mamas. And you say, well, that sounds good. Wait a minute. So in every state in the union, guess what a mama can do? She can order a pill. There's two major pills right now. They can order that pill in every state and take that pill at home to kill that baby and not one law on the books in America will do anything about it. Because every law that's being passed right now, you know what those bans are on? The bans are not on the mama. The bans are on medical providers. So all of those laws have exception clauses in them except the mother of the child. Even if the mother is the one murdering her baby, they will not criminalize a mother for murdering her baby. That's happening right now. And all we're going to hear on news media and all we're going to hear on the public eye is Roe versus Wade's been overturned. Woo! Freedom. Finally, we're going to get a ban on it. Not until. And, and now here's what happened just last year in Louisiana. is pastors... Church leaders, even lawyers, got together 
and had on the Louisiana state docket for them to vote and have a, a, a abolishing abortion, which would include criminalizing the mother who took those pills. They had it. The, 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 the government leaders had it passed through the committee and was about to bring it to the floor to be voted on, to make it state law, codified in the state of Louisiana. Guess who, who, who were the main proponents of it? The National Right to Life, the largest pro-life group in America. They're pro-life. But you know what they've done? They came and made statements. Matter of fact, it is said the pro-abortion crowd showed up to see if they needed to say anything. When they found out the pro-life crowd was against it, the pro-abortion crowd never once said anything. Because the pro-life crowd said, we do not want to criminalize a mother who murders her baby. Better be informed about what's going on. I think that's why we've got apathetic about it. I'll tell you what else we need to do is teach Sexual morality and purity in the home and in the church again. Amen. We can rant and rave about the LGBTQRXZ crowd all day long, but sexual sin is still sin. It is still wrong for you to have a physical relationship outside the bonds of marriage. It is still a sin in the eyes of God for you. Listen, a, a, these relationships are reserved for a man and a woman after the marriage. All physical relationships outside the bonds of marriage are sinful. We need to teach it again. Hey, what else we need to do is speak out clearly. Some people get bent out of shape about a message like this. Some people get bent out of shape because somebody in the pulpit would say something like this and you think we ought to be silent about it. You think people don't care about it. Wonder how many, I wonder how, how many of that a million babies that got murdered last year care about it. Wonder what God thinks about it. Well, I think we've already seen what God thinks about it. I'm telling you, we don't need a bunch of cowards. We don't need a bunch of silent majority. We need somebody to rise up and not just say something about it. We need to speak out clearly. We need to cry loud and spare not. And then we got to put some feet on it. I'll tell you, a lot of times, a lot of times, we'll get quiet. But Hollywood's not quiet about it. Government's not quiet about it. The social engineers are not quiet about it. Cry loud and spare not. Lift up by voice like a trumpet. We got to speak with a voice of trump. We don't need to stutter about it. We don't need to stammer about it. We don't have no apology about it and no fear. Somebody said, don't let up, don't back up, don't shut up until we're taken up. We need to have more compassion for the unwed mother. We need to have more compassion for the unwed mother. We ought, to use, we ought to have more compassion for that mother. And don't just tell her to have that baby. But to show love and compassion and understanding and not be the ones who drive her into the arms of the abortionist. We've got to give them understanding. We need to pray for them, to minister to them. Woe unto them that call evil good. And good evil. It's wrong to kill babies. 
It's a sin. You can put all the rhetoric you want to over it. You can drape it, make it look pretty, but it's wrong, wrong, wrong before God. That's why I want to take up this money today and next week for this pregnancy center. That's why I'm, or my wife is in talks with Miss Rebecca Elrod about how more we can help with the pregnancy center to, to be a support for these mothers who do choose life. Also a support for Christian adoption agencies. Something else that they're working towards that is going to push more abortion is allowing, uh, allowing, uh, not allowing Christians who hold a biblical worldview on marriage and sexuality to not adopt children or even foster children. Tell you what we need to do is pray that God would have mercy on us. Pray that God would give our country space to repent. And you know what? the sad reality is, out of all those babies that have been killed, I wonder how many, I wonder how many come out of churches like ours. Mothers that are part of churches like ours that didn't feel like they had compassion or love. Didn't feel like they had support. Now, I'm not making it right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not justifying it. God, give us mercy. God, let us repent. I believe that God can turn this thing around. I believe, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I believe that. Yea, for these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Hands that shed innocent blood. You say, I'm not a part of that. I, I ain't got, never had anything to do with any of that. But can we be part of the solution? Can we be part of the crowd who turns this thing around? Can we be a, a church that has compassion for those that are in these situations? I say this. I know people who've had these, had abortions. I know people. Some of y'all know some people, and you don't even know that that's part of their past. I've got friends who, before they were saved, was involved in this. And I thank God there's mercy and there's grace and there's forgiveness from that. But I can think about one of my friends who he's told me that. Not a day goes by that he didn't think about it. What could have been. What should have been. There's mercy and grace for those that have committed it. And there's mercy and grace for those who are thinking about it. There's mercy and grace for those who turn against it. God help us to be a part of the solution of the industry that's in our country shedding innocent blood. 73 million babies a year in the world. And a million of that's coming from right here in America. Let's all stand there, heads bowed, eyes closed. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray tonight, this morning. To pray for, pray for the mothers that are expecting babies. Whether intended or unintended, pray that they would find grace, that they would... Uh, Find courage to go on and to have that little baby. Pray for the mothers in our area that feel like they have no support, no hope. 
pray for our church to be a part of the solution in our community? So what's the answer to all of this? The answer is the gospel. The gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. Of them seeing their need of a Savior, coming to Christ, the only place that you can find hope is in Jesus. Jesus.